welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna show. I'm Dr. Deanna Osborne, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I am excited to be with you today. Um, We are uh, covering uh, Healthy to the Core in 24 for the month of January, just really looking at how to get healthy, how to stay healthy, and focusing primarily on gut health because your gut is what is at your core. And if your gut's not healthy, you are not healthy. If things are not functioning well there, then you are likely having some issues. And so we've talked a little bit about that in the past uh, as well. I've covered a lot of these topics before, and I know you or you guys know that I talk a lot about using intermittent fasting for weight management, uh, for uh, basically reducing the amount of carbohydrates uh, that you intake in the diet, you know, eliminating sugar from the diet, eating a whole food, nutrient-dense, clean uh, style of diet. Uh, Those are the things that we just never really kind of venture away from. Those are just kind of the tried and true standard things um, for health and wellness. But today, what I really want to talk about is your gut or your microbiome and your hormones, uh, because believe it or not, there are a lot of hormones that actually are affected by the gut. Um, There are so many hormones in our body, and we could not possibly cover all of them uh, in uh, a podcast. We couldn't cover all of them if we spent an entire year uh, looking at each of these hormones, because there are so many. But specifically, um, some of the hormones that came to mind as I thought about weight and weight management, um, which is such a big focus, and then looking at how the gut interplays with them, um, things like cortisol. Cortisol is our fight or flight hormone. It's our stress hormone. Um, Insulin, you know, we talk a lot, I talk a lot about insulin resistance and the fact that insulin resistance is the precursor to type 2 diabetes or, or type 2 diabetes is in fact insulin resistance. And that that is a reversible disease, that you actually have the power, um, the the control, the ability to reverse um, a disease like that and how exciting that is. Um, We look at thyroid hormones because that has an impact on weight. Um, Of course, we have to look at the reproductive hormones, things like estrogen, progesterone testosterone, DHEA uh, as well. All of those play into weight, they play into metabolism, and they absolutely make a difference. And then we've got these other food-related type of hormones. Um, Ghrelin is one. Ghrelin is something that we call the hunger hormone, uh, and it basically increases your drive to eat, your desire to eat, or your just your hunger, Okay. Uh, And then uh, leptin, Uh, leptin is a hormone that's actually produced by fat cells and it makes you feel full. Uh, And then there's this whole, um, you know, theory or this whole concept of something called leptin resistance where, uh, you know, basically your body is saying, I'm full, I'm full, I'm full, but the message is not, is not being received appropriately or it's just kind of a misguided message. And so you don't feel full and you continue to eat. And so, you know, when we see things like leptin resistance, we know that that is absolutely associated with insulin resistance slash type 2 diabetes. Okay, that's what we'll call that. It's also very, very highly linked to cardiovascular disease. So these are important things because, you know, how many people do you know who are struggling with 
you know, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, diabetes, high blood pressure, okay, high cholesterol, those five things. Um, You know, every single one of us knows somebody who's struggling in that area. And so if there is a way that we could understand these hormones and then tweak our lifestyle to be able to to live a healthier life and to be able to bring some of this stuff into check, that would be fantastic, right? Well, the good news is there is, okay? There absolutely is. And so let's start, first of all, since it is weight loss month, technically, in the month of January, let's start by talking about ghrelin and leptin and cortisol and insulin resistance, okay? And then if we have time, we'll jump into the reproductive hormones as well. And if not, I promise we'll cover it on the next podcast, okay? So so looking at, um, you know, first of all, this whole issue of ghrelin, of leptin, of cortisol, of insulin resistance, insulin is a hormone, okay, as well. Um, So first of all, remember, ghrelin is the hunger hormone. It's the one that makes you feel hungry. When your cortisol levels are high, you're going to have an increase in ghrelin. Okay, so what that means is that for those of us who are running around stressed to the max, absolutely stressed out beyond belief, um, you know, your, your, your ghrelin, uh, your, your cortisol is going to be higher because you're stressed and that's a, a stress hormone. Uh, and because of that high cortisol, the ghrelin will be higher. You're going to eat more. Okay. It's probably one of the same reasons when you look at um, steroid use in medicine, uh, you know, if somebody has to take steroids for a while, they have increased hunger. All right. Because again, cortisol is a steroid and that's kind of how it works. It'll cause you to gain weight. We don't want that. So what do we do? Well, first of all, it becomes critical that we control our stress levels, okay? So when when I say control our stress levels, that means having healthy boundaries. Uh, That means getting adequate sleep. That means getting adequate nutrition. Uh, It also means hydrating yourself. Uh, It basically means self-care, taking care of yourself and saying no when you need to say no uh, and and just really looking at what is the, the main source of stress in my life and what can I do to conquer that to bring that down. Because sometimes when people are super, super stressed, for the longest time I used to think, well, they're stressed out and they're, they're gravitating toward comfort foods. Well, I think the driving thing behind that, the driving force behind that weight gain during a stressful time period is actually the cortisol. That's how powerful it is. And so sure, you might feel like you're you you know you're hungrier than usual and you're eating more than usual, uh, but basically it has to do with stress. And so stress management becomes absolutely critical. And then we've got ghrelin, okay? So ghrelin, um, um, you know, again, the, 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 the ghrelin um, hormone is the hunger hormone. It drives this desire to eat. There are things that we can do to decrease ghrelin naturally. Uh, And some of those, again, have to do with stress. But one of them is we need to make sure we're getting adequate protein, all right? So if you say, well, how much protein should I be getting? It's about a gram per pound. Uh, And I know that sounds like a lot, you guys, but that is it, especially if you're doing a lower carb Uh, you know, eliminating sugar, eliminating a lot of the grain in your diet, uh, protein should be about a gram uh, per body pound, unless um, you've got some specific issue that that precludes you from from eating a lot of protein, Um, you know, renal disease, things like that could could come into play. So we can reduce that Greenland level or that sense of hunger by uh, increasing protein in our diet. 
also by uh, increasing our muscle mass. This is where resistance training becomes so very, very important because if we um, are doing resistance training, um, you know, light weights, et cetera, you are increasing muscle mass and that's going to decrease ghrelin. It's going to increase your metabolic rate as well so that you're actually burning, um, you know, burning uh, fat a a lot more faster. Uh, Sleep uh, is important. And then stable weight also has a big impact uh, on ghrelin as well. Uh, And then the other hormone that I wanted to talk about is uh, leptin. And remember I said that that a high leptin level is actually – associated with insulin resistance as well as cardiovascular disease. Well, leptin is this hormone that is produced by fat cells and it makes you feel full. So if you are, you know, you've had a good meal, uh, you should feel full, the sensation of fullness uh, that'll carry you for a while. And it's actually leptin that's responsible for that. Uh, But again, sometimes if we just keep pushing through that and we're overeating, 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 our body becomes less sensitive to that message, hey, I'm full, and people stop feeling full, okay? It's almost like it's stretched out the receptor or whatever, and they stop feeling full. And so now, here again, they're hungry, okay? And so we just have this continuous feeding pattern that is absolutely going to lead to weight gain. So we've got a little bit going on with cortisol. We've got some going on with ghrelin. We've got some going on with leptin. Uh, Now let's throw in insulin, okay? Insulin to me is like, you know, we've got ghrelin, we've got uh, leptin, we've got cortisol, okay? Cortisol is, uh, you know, I would say ghrelin and leptin are like kindling. Cortisol is like the match, okay? And then throw insulin in with it, and it's sort of like throwing gasoline on the fire, okay? Um, and so so the insulin, you know, one of the things that we talk about is the fact that um, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, is absolutely reversible. That is a reversible disease through lifestyle management, through diet, uh, et cetera. And what happens is it, with insulin resistance, it's not that your body's not making insulin, it's actually making too much. So one of the things that I like to check on an annual exam for my patients, and in particular, if my patient is overweight at all, um, one of the things I like to check is an insulin level. And the reason is that fasting insulin level is going to tell me a lot about this person's metabolism specifically. If they are in a fasted state, meaning they haven't had anything to eat since the night before, and now here they are, they show up in my office for an annual exam, and we're doing some routine uh, annual exam blood work. If I check their insulin level and it is high, again, that tells me a whole lot about their metabolism. Insulin as a hormone is is the hormone that controls our blood sugar. And so when we eat a high-carbohydrate meal, think about pasta, things like that, um, my blood sugar is going to elevate. The pancreas is going to produce insulin to bring my blood sugar down so that my, the blood sugar, the blood sugar level in my bloodstream is at normal level. Why does it do that? It does it because my body does not like it when I have a blood sugar level in my bloodstream of, you know, 300 or 350 or whatever, because then it's causing my heart to have to work harder. My heart now has to to pump blood that's super thick, kind of like ketchup. And, you know, nobody, I mean, you can imagine that it would be very hard to pump ketchup through your body, right? As opposed to, um, you know, blood that's of normal viscosity. So, so basically it's going to bring that down. Um, that's what insulin does. The problem is that, that 
people become resistant to the insulin, the cells become resistant to it, and then the pancreas just keeps making more and more and more. The insulin sends the message, store the sugar as fat, okay? So now imagine, imagine that you just fasted all night long to come into my office and have your annual blood work done, and I check your insulin level, and it's super, super high. What does that tell me? Or it's even just elevated. It's a fasting insulin level and it's elevated. That tells me that your metabolism is horrible because even in this fasted state, you just fasted for 12 hours, you still have high insulin that's sending a message, store it as fat. Okay, and so you're in this cycle that has to be broken. We have to to get away from that. And sometimes that means a longer fast to break that cycle. And that's why sometimes I'll I'll coach people to just, you know, uh, to, to do a little bit longer fast to basically get to the point that they are, in fact, lowering those insulin levels. You know, the best way to lower the insulin level is low glycemic diet, you know, reducing car- carbohydrates, uh, carbohydrate reduction, low glycemic diet, and following a plan like that. So now we've talked about cortisol, we've talked about insulin, we talked about ghrelin, we talked about leptin. What does this all have to do with your gut? Well, the crazy thing is um, there's some research out there that shows that if your microbiome is not diverse, meaning that you don't have a, a, a wide array of gut bugs or bacteria in your gut, that you're more likely to be obese. Okay, you're more likely to be obese. Now you can change that. Uh, but sometimes when people are struggling with their weight, it's actually because their gut is off balance. So one of the things you can do to help balance this all out is basically focus on the gut. And you know, doing gut restoration uh, is a great way to go. I love probiotics. I like digestive enzymes. I like prebiotics uh, as well. I also like fermented foods uh, to help with gut balance and restoration. But one of the biggest things, one of the key things for gut balance is carbohydrate restriction. Why? Because sugar feeds, you know, strange bacteria. Sugar feeds yeast. Sugar will get your microbiome or your gut bacteria off balance, just like antibiotics will, okay? So so basically, it, it not only matters what we're putting in, um, in terms of the healthy stuff, like I can replace my microbiome and restore it that way, but I also have to eliminate the things that are derailing it, the things that are getting it off balance, which would be sugar, high carbohydrate diet, processed foods, drive-through foods, all of the um, you know chemical sprays, additives, herbicides, you know all of that stuff um, that goes into standard American diet food, which is what we call ultra-processed food. So it's these ultra-processed foods that really are pushing the whole obesity problem that we see. Uh, and part of it is that the ultra-processed foods have such a negative impact on the gut uh, and, and just really disrupt that. And so when the gut's not functioning right, you know, the the, the microbiome is very communicative. Communicative. You hear us talk about the gut-brain connection all the time and how there's this, this interaction that's going on. It's absolutely the case. Um, but, but also when you look at that interaction, the gut has an interplay with all of these hormones as well. Um, you know, not only is 70 to 80% of your immune system 
located in the gut, uh, but about 90% of your body's serotonin is made in the gut. So when you look at the gut, it becomes absolutely critical that it's functioning at optimal levels uh, so that you can function at optimal levels. So it's kind of like... Um, the gas tank, okay, of a car. Uh, and so if, you know, a lot of times you guys have heard me say that if you take your car to the gas station and you fill the tank with water, it will be full, but the car will not run. Likewise, okay, if you have a car that does not have a gas tank, the car will not run. And so if your microbiome is all a mess, it's sort of like you don't have a gas tank, okay? You're trying to run a body, okay, and you don't really have a gas tank. Um, you're trying to run a body, but you're not giving it the right type of fuel. And so that's the whole reason that I do this podcast is so that I can help people understand how to work with their body, how to work with their genetics, how to support their microbiome, how to support their neurotransmitters, how to basically live the healthiest uh, life that they can um, through lifestyle medicine, just really uh, being mindful of what you're eating and, you know, is it nutrient dense? Does, you know, I always say everything you put in your mouth, it either is going to take your body up or down in terms of energy. It's going to fuel you or it's going to suck the energy out of you, one or the other. There are almost no net neutral foods. They're all either up or down. And you pretty much can look at a food and go, well, which is it? What is this going to do for me? Is it going to take me up or is it going to take me down? Is it going to restore my body? Is it going to fuel my body? Is it going to help my body? Is it going to help me function and be able to do the job that I need to do to be able to think the way that I need to think? You know, what is going to happen with this particular food? So I hope that has been helpful, you guys. We're focusing a lot on the gut um, because, again, it's core. It is so important that we have a healthy gut microbiome. Uh, and, you know, it's never too late. You know, even I don't care how old the person is, okay, you can make changes today that will absolutely have a positive impact uh, on your overall health, not just next week or next month or next year, but you can make changes today that will literally show up tomorrow that fast, okay? Because your body is amazing, it's resilient, and it has the ability to, to take what it needs and to basically restore, um, repair, and do all of these wonderful and amazing things. So I hope this has been helpful, and I hope you'll plug in next week uh, to learn a little bit more about hormones uh, and the gut microbiome. So thanks so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at DeannaOsborne.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Osborne. I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.